When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi guys, welcome back to Melanated Faith. It's Catherine here today. Um, Faith is away, um, but I do have a special guest joining me. Her name is Retha Nicole. She is a Southern girl at heart. She was born in Houston and attended the University of Texas at Austin. We love Texas ladies here on the Melanated Faith podcast. She previously worked in the real estate world, where she became one of the top producing agents for Harry Norman Realtors and then Keller Williams. Now three boys and a bakery later. We'll have to get into that. (laughs) Um, She makes her home in Alabama. She is a certified life coach, and her goal is to help people uncover their purpose in life personally and professionally welcome hello i love that y'all love texas girls that's always a good plus coming in hot i love well you know i'm from texas i love everything texas i was born in houston so i love texas yeah same same i there are things about it i you know sometimes the things i don't love but i generally i'm so proud to have been um born and raised here so yes i love that we have and you went to the university of texas at austin which my parents went there huge longhorn people in this household we have a little bit of a house divided because my sister went to ou and i went to a&m for undergrad but i did go to ut for law school (laughs) listen we have a house divided my husband is from Oklahoma. Oh, yes. You oh. feel me. I feel like we're going to be yes. good friends. Um, How do you feel you? Okay. Okay. So I want to get into the bakery. I feel like that's such an interesting to go from real estate to owning a bakery. Were you always like a baker on the side or how did that come about? So I've always baked, not like for, I never baked for people until the bakery. But my whole family bakes. We love baking. Cake is a love language, despite what people may tell you it is. And um, and so, I, yeah, I've always baked and I loved it. And then I was in the middle of a very hard season and I thought, well, I'm going to bake. I'm going to start a bakery. Like if I I am a three on the Enneagram. So if something is going on, I am just like not what can we do to fix the thing, but what can we do to go through it? So I look for things to help me get through the thing. And baking was it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, So I guess one of my questions, I think based on what you were saying, is how I think during that period or just in when you're dealing with hard things at all, how did you kind of I think pivot to baking, but then I think maybe the larger question is how did you kind of come back to relational joy or even just like relationship with Jesus? I think it's very easy when we're going through hard things to like, you know, go to our friends or family or like whatever we can to like, you know, make ourselves feel better. But I'm guessing I'm wondering how did you kind of, you know, pivot or get better? Um, I'm I think it's all better. about perspective. 
Okay. Right. So perspective for me in hard seasons is why is this hard? And am I supposed to run from it or am I supposed to go through it? You you know the answer is not to run from it. <laughs> so, I mean, I think it's about being honest and saying that that's real. And so my honesty there is, okay, I know I'm not supposed to run from it and I physically can't run from it. So how do I, what would help me walk through it? And so I try to find um, and help others find the joy as you're walking through it. Because hard seasons are always going to come. There are going to be hard moments in our faith where it's tested. And so how can you effectively go through that thing? Learning, but also the joy is to help you stay focused, right? And while you're learning, while you're crawling, while you're crying. And so baking was that for me. It's what what's one joy I can find? What's one thing I can do that won't hurt anyone, matter for anyone if I do it or don't? that type thing. Yeah, that's so great. I love the idea of just finding one thing as you're going through a hard season that brings you joy. Um, So how do you sort of recalibrate when you're feeling overwhelmed? First of all, I think everybody should have a reset. So do you remember back in the day, Staples had a whole branding concept behind the easy button? Yes. (laughs) You remember that and then you hit it and it would say, that was easy. And so I would really like to make a button that says reset, but it's like screaming it, right? It's like reset. (laughs) Um, Because there's some days you just need to reset. Like you just wake up and reset. On Tuesday, I'd have you to know, Catherine, that I woke up and reset. Like I had been up for two hours and thought, nope, I don't like the way this day is going. I'm resetting. So for me, there are a couple of ways I reset. One, a shower is an instant reset for me. I physically feel like it is washing off of me, whatever is happening. And so I will shower. On Tuesday, Catherine, I had just gotten up, gotten fully dressed, makeup and all. I took a full shower. Like (laughs) that's how much I needed to reset. So a shower is a reset for me. If I'm able to get it some days while we're talking, I'm in my office. No one can see that, but I'm in my office. So some days I'm mid client and can't do the shower reset. Right. And so I will do a lights off head down and turn on my reset playlist. So what I'm telling y'all is get you a reset playlist, make a playlist. And, and these are songs that bring you ultimate joy. So it's usually, I say make a playlist because you know what we used to say, depending on how old you are, (laughs) is have an album that you can listen to all the way through, right? That's what we used to say. But now you have the ability to make a playlist. You can pick and choose songs, but these songs should bring you joy. They should not bring up memories of a, you know, simpler time or make you think anything like that. They should just bring ultimate joy. And so... For some people, that may be soft instrumental tones. For some people, that may be uh, Beyonce, get your freakum dress on. For some people, (laughs) it may be old school um, Isley Brothers. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, you need about the size of an album. You need nine to 12 songs that you can listen to all the way through that just compound the joy for you. It just compounds it. And so... Um, I have a reset playlist. And so I will turn the lights off, which is the 
me significant the significance for me in that is like this is shutting it down asking to quiet the inner thoughts and the inner mind and then put my playlist on and I'm a big timer person we can talk about that but um setting a timer for 10 minutes and just being in that no phone no email not trying to work and reset no full reset 10 minutes of just my playlist and quiet so I think having something that you can do to reset you really helps you to shift and 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 know that that's what you're doing it for right I know when I'm in the shower I'm in there until I mentally can reset I know that when I'm resetting at my desk and those lights are off and the playlist is on I know that at the end if I have to go all the way to the 12 songs I must have really needed a reset (laughs) but that's the purpose of that so I think having a reset yeah I love that I love that you do something like tangible and symbolic because I think sometimes it's like you just say things in your mind and you're like oh why I can't why can't I switch this off but I love that yeah so you're turning the music on but you didn't turn the lights off you're turning the music on and you're still working no, no, no. Every step, right? You're getting in the shower and you're being quick or you're thinking, I just got out of the shower, so I'm just going to stand under the water. No, full. embrace the fullness of the whole thing. Yeah, I Wash love that. Wash all that makeup off, start over. It's a start. <laughs> it's, a, it's a true reset. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, so you've talked a lot about, I've heard, like it's come up a couple times so far in our conversation, Joy, and I know that you're just like a busy mom and a wife, business owner, you're helping other people find life and purpose. I think where do you, how do you find joy or define joy for yourself? And then I think kind of related to that, it's like, how do you find balance? Like, how do you do all those things and still not kind of get carried away with the task, but still have that sort of effervescence or joy about you? So two things I want to say off top is that joy and happiness are not the same thing. So just know that. Um, And so I'm going to tell you about joy. But then the second thing I'll say, too, is finding balance is easy when you have boundaries. When you don't have boundaries, then you don't believe in balance. And okay, we can go there. (laughs) Yeah, tell me. I want to hear this. (laughs) So so go back to the joy. I think joy is an internal thing. It is being having perspective on where you are in life, even if it's hard. So finding joy in a hard season isn't you finding happiness. It is perspective on why this is hard. God still has me. Um, there's a plan for all of this. I just have to get through. He's going to show me how the joy is. This is going to sound so 1970 your grandmother, but hey, listen, it works. The joy is in the Lord. And so the joy is in believing that God has you. The joy is in knowing that there's purpose to this pain. And I have been through some pain, y'all. So I'm not just saying that, but so that's the joy. And that's, that's where I get it. And that's where I think everybody can find it is in God's word and in keeping, keeping, I say it all the time, eyes on Jesus, because most of the time our eyes aren't are on our circumstance or, or on our situation or on people. And you ain't gonna find no joy there now. I mean, you could just, you could love your husband and your kids to the utmost, but I mean, they are gonna make you ignorant sometimes and there's no joy there. So that's the first thing about joy. And then I wearing a lot of hats and um, is a 
choice for me. I think I'm an Enneagram three. So finding your balance is A, knowing what season of life you're in. Every season shouldn't be busy. Hear me. Every season shouldn't be busy. I I say a lot to clients and um, on social media, are you fake busy? Like, because that's real. Like, I think <laughs> the pandemic showed a lot of us that we were fake busy, right? Yeah. You, you realize that. And so I say that a lot. I ask clients all the time, don't be fake busy, be real productive. Ooh, I like and that. so you can find balance in being truly productive and not just being busy just to say you getting your hustle on or your grind. And it's like, oh, stop, you, that ain't helping you at all, mentally or physically. Um, so I think in order to find true balance in your life, acknowledge what season you're in. Is this a busy season for you? Think of it like planting, and I don't have a green thumb, but think of it like that, right? Are you planting seeds right now? Is that what you're doing? So when you know when you plant them, you got to water them, you got to feed them, you got to take care of them. Are you waiting for something to come out of that? So you're maybe in a waiting season or is it time for you to harvest? Now, listen, hear me good. Everybody want a harvest. Everybody <laughs> wants a harvest. But you're the really determined if this is a harvest season for you. And the quickest way to determine that is to go backwards and say, what did I what did I plant? What did I feed? What did I nurture? Then you should be in a harvest season. And so knowing what season you're in helps you find your balance. And acknowledging that I shouldn't be busy all the time. I don't need to be busy all the time also helps you find your balance. Yeah. I love what you said about knowing like boundaries. Cause I think that also gets us like caught up in, in things sometimes. Cause it's like, um, and I think knowing your season too, right? So like if you're in a planting season, stuff that's not related to what you're trying to plant and you can set that hard boundary, it makes it easier to say, to say no. I love that. Don't be fake busy, be real productive. That, yeah, I like, you should put that on a shirt. I would buy it. Cause I just Listen, think our, we just, it's coming. <laughs> yes. We're like on this like hamster wheel. I had a mentor say he kind of described it as um a stick shift you know like the different gears of a stick shift and that you know five being like the highest level of productivity or like harvesting or whatever he's like you can't be in that all the time because then you he's like it's bad for the car right like you can't be in the top gear all the time um and it inhibits your ability to like long-term plan because you're always in the like rat race um hamster cycle so i love what you were i love that okay so I feel like you have been coaching us already, but maybe for some in the audience that don't know what is a life coach, maybe talk a little bit about what that is and then how would it help? How would it help our listeners? Like if they're trying to decide, do I need a life? Am I in a season where I need a life coach? Um, Yeah. What would you say to those folks? So I am a certified life coach and certified business because I love business And I love small business. What I found out early on in my coaching career is that I needed to get certified in life because my business clients would have major life things going on that would hinder their business growth and they wouldn't understand how the two match, but they do. And so I wanted to be able to help them as a whole person, right? But maybe you got the business thing going and you're good or you have a career and you're and you know what you're doing there, um, but some life stuff keeps tripping you up. You can't find balance. You don't know how to execute on implementing boundaries in your life. Maybe you 
don't know where you're going in life, right? Like someone has laid out a career map for you and you got that, but you're like, but this side over here, I don't quite have. All of those reasons are why it would be good for you to engage a life coach. Life coaching helps you with the the biggest thing I tell people all the time is truly the accountability. I mean, that's truly it. There are things that you'll, I could say, Catherine, how are you doing with this? And you're like, okay, I'm doing it. I got this. I got this. I got that. And then life happens and you don't execute. And so having someone on your team, per se, I, I tell all my clients all the time, I'm your person. So having your person there to say, okay, that happened, but we still got to do this or let's do this while we do that and, and things like that. Having that really helps. It's like, I'm your roadmap, you know, to help you get to your destination, which where's your destination? Loving your life and living it to the fullest, because this is on my website. I say it all the time. If you follow me, you know what I'm about to say, which is. This is the only life you get. You're not an understudy for another Catherine. This is you're not doing this for someone else. This is it. And so you don't want to get to the end of it and go. What have I been doing the last five years? Yeah. Like I'm just waking up, going to work, coming home, waking up, going to work, coming home. What have I been doing? Yeah. So a life coach will help you with that. How would you define like living life to the fullest? Like I think sometimes it's I think it's very hard. I think maybe we're told one thing by the media or, you know, just like maybe outside influences tell us this is what it means to have a full life or to be fulfilled. And I'm just wondering maybe what your definition of that is as you're helping people achieve that. So living life to the fullest is different for every person. I think that's number one. And why do I say that? That seems like so like, did she just say that? Like, we all know that. You know that, but do you do it? I think in the age that we live in where we consume so much, right? Either on social or reality TV, things like that. We, we can end up living someone else's life, right? End up marrying because everybody else is married. So it must be the right thing to do. And uh, everybody else has a golden doodle. So it must be a good dog. <laughs> you know, everybody else drinks Starbucks. I don't even really like coffee. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's so many things in our world that make us consume things at such a high level that it can end up changing how you really are. One of the things I, I said recently, um, and I, I, I haven't really figured out how to talk more about it, but I do want to start this conversation is I think we pay close attention to red flags, but I don't know if we pay good enough attention to the yellow and the yellow flags are the ones that make us compromise a little piece of ourselves. And before we know it, we've changed. So when I say live life to the fullest, I mean your fullest. So I need you to figure out what that is. And as your coach, I want you to tell me so I can hold you accountable to that. And there are times when we're doing that exercise that I'm like, Where, why do you want to do that? Where'd you get that from? What about, what about you, your makeup, your foundation that you want to do that? So many times we are doing things because of ease, habit foundation and we lose us and that can happen over time from 
getting married and having kids and yellow flags that we just end up like, I don't really know what my hobby is. I don't even think I have hobbies. I don't really know what I want to do. Y'all, that is such a good word about paying attention to yellow flags. <laughs> because I know, then- Catherine, I'm telling you, we need to have like a full on panel about that. Like, God is doing something with me there in yellow flags, but yes. I want to see, yes, he definitely is. And I want to see it to fruition because even just that nugget of like, yeah, we do not pay attention. I know in my own life, I struggle. Like I, well, that was one of the things that in like, in like learning to deal with anxiety, one of the big tools that like between my coach and my counselor was like learning these sort of anxiety attacks don't come out of nowhere. There are these things that lead up to that. And I had been ignoring them. And They're yellow. Yeah, yellow. Oh my gosh. Retha, that is a word. Y'all need to go back and rewind. Write that down. That is going to change your life. Pay attention to the yellow flags in your life. I love it. It's so good. Um, Okay, so I I love Enneagram 3s because you're so organized and you're so productive. My best friend (laughs) is an Enneagram 3, and I swear that woman could run the whole world. But so like I want to know what are your favorite things that help you keep keep you on track? Are there like tips and tricks that you can give either maybe in big ways like life ways or maybe just in like small things like, you know, using a timer or a planner or things like that? Okay, so, yes, I want to say yes up front. And listen, I want to preface this by saying that y'all are new to me, but. I've been doing this for a long time and I'm going to tell you. So first, my top three, timers, Sunday planning, and brain dumps. Okay, so for starters, in full transparency, because y'all don't know me, (laughs) I this year started a stationary line called SP Circle. SP stands for Sunday planning. And, And it's because... Long ago, my boys are 17, 15, and 8. So when I affectionately call the two older, the bigs, and then the one, the eight-year-olds, the little. So when the bigs were three and five, their father and I got divorced. And I found myself having the hardest time doing anything because, again, expectation in my mind, I wanted the perfect family and this and that. And so when that did not work out because of some extracurricular, then I was devastated by that. And so I had a hard time. So one of the things that I started doing back then was, and I didn't call it Sunday planning until probably about seven years ago when I wanted other people to latch onto this. So I want all of you to latch onto this, whether you buy my product or not, we did it in, for years just on paper, so you could do it on paper. But it's called Sunday planning, and it's where you get five things that you do on Sunday that will better help you for the rest of the week. So when they were three and five and I would start doing this on Sunday, my things were I would write down what we're going to eat for the week. And then I would grocery shop based on that list because we all know that going to the grocery shop, going to the grocery store without a list and without a plan is you coming home with potato chips and pickles and nothing matches. <laughs> so that's a whole nother thing. So I would do that. I would plan my outfits, what I'm going to wear and what they were going to wear. It just makes your life easier instead of having first world problems standing in front of the closet going, what am I going to wear? And oh my gosh, I've gained so much weight. You don't have time for that in the morning. Okay, get your mind right. Put that on. <laughs> you don't have time for that. So I would plan my outfits and plan theirs. I would look at my schedule and see what I had to do 
if they had anything to do and if I needed to engage help, it's better to engage it on a Sunday night saying, Catherine, I really need to know if you can pick the boys up on Wednesday instead of Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, right? So I would look at my schedule and and do that. And then I would always plan a breather for me. When am I going to be able to take a deep breath? And maybe it was on Sunday night. So, and the fifth thing would always fluctuate. So I do that every single week. Y'all, hear me. Sunday planning is a game changer. It is a game changer. Now, if you don't believe me, that's fine. You don't have to. You can come to my Instagram. There's a tab. There are plenty of people who do it every week. They did it pre us having products for it, but I do have a Sunday planning journal um, now, and it has where you plan your five things, and then on the back, it has for you to write 10 things you're grateful for because in order to keep running the race that's designed for you, you need to have a heart of gratitude because it can be really hard. It can be really devastating, but there is good in there. You just got to look for it. And then it also has a space where you can write two affirmations, which is speaking life for yourself because a lot of times we look to other people to speak life for us, but if they're going through, they ain't got no life to speak to us. So speak it for yourself. And, and then a note section. And so Sunday planning is a game changer. What could your five things be? My five things over time have evolved. I still do my outfits. I knew Sunday I was wearing this. Okay, today, Catherine. <laughs> um, I look at the weather and all week, I don't let that deter me. Um, I still look at my calendar and know what I'm going to do. We are heavy basketball season. Three boys all play basketball. So I have to look at my calendar and theirs and all of that. And it's better to do it on Sunday than to be let somebody be at school and I'm the bad mom because I didn't know you were there. I need, nobody picked you up. Um, so I still look at that. I uh, run a business, so I plan out my social because we could have a whole nother conversation on the good and the bad of social media. And so it's business for me. So I write it all out. It's written on Sunday. It's already planned. And I still, um, so I do my outfits, calendar, social media, and the menu, what we're going to eat. I'm, my husband, I'm very blessed that my husband cooks every day. But what's interesting about him cooking is if it's not a menu on that thing, I guess he don't know what to make. I, that blows my <laughs> mind. But that's a whole other conversation. So I do the menu and I do the grocery shopping, but he cooks. So I still do that. It's a game changer. And then timers. Timers are huge because we believe we can do it all. And that's coming from an Enneagram 3. We believe that we can do so much. And what I've learned about timers is timers make you more effective because we will take our brain to the end of the earth. And listen, we're already partially doing that anyway, because if we have to think of one more password, I don't know how we go, how any of us are going to make it. So what timers do is timers say, you have this amount of time to do this task. And when that's over, you really should leave it and give your brain a break. Like, think of, is anything telling us lately to give our brains a break? No, nothing. <laughs> and so that's why I love timers. We, we say we would like to do how many times do people say, oh, I'd love to read again. I remember I used to read books. You you too can read a book. Set a timer. 20 minutes, get into your book, read it, and you'll feel so much more refreshed, right? So I set timers to read books at night, 
10, 15 minutes, sometimes 20. Um, when I had littles, I would set a timer for work because when you work at home and you have littles, the distraction of the littles just keep coming, right? And so I would set a timer and say, they're going to nap for an hour. And sometimes they may nap for an hour and a half, but I'm going to do this task for 30 minutes. I'm not going to make it all the way to the hour. Why? Because in the event that they wake up early, then you begin to regret having these kids because you can't get nothing done (laughs) when you could just cut it back and set a timer for 30 minutes. So I do that. So timers are great. And then the last thing that I said is brain dumps. So again, we carry so much in our mind of things we want to do, long, never-ending to-do list, and all of that. And a brain dump and a to-do list are two different things. A brain dump is you sitting down with a notepad and just dumping it all out of your mind. So some things may be lists, something may be full on paragraphs of ideas that you may have, but it's about getting it all out. And then from there, make a list, right? From there you go, what can I do tomorrow or today, depending on when you're doing the list, and then make a list from the dump. And then you just keep the dump with you so you can mark it off as you transfer it to your things to do list. But getting it all out of your head is the best thing you could do for yourself. Oh, I love that. And guys, we're all about supporting black women at Melanated Faith. So we're going to link to her website and Instagram because we do want you to support her and buy her product. (laughs) And listen, you will love them. I, I. I really do. I love them. I have notepads, notebooks, and I have three ways that people can Sunday plan. That's how important I think it is. I have the journal. Some people don't like journaling, Catherine. They don't like it. So I have a notepad that has five boxes at the top and um, lines at the bottom. Some people don't like notepads, Catherine, and they want it all in one place. So I have a weekly calendar and it has Monday through Friday at the top for you to write your stuff. On Saturdays, we seek joy, people. So Saturday, seek joy. It has a space for Sunday for your plan, your menu, your grocery list. That's the top seller. People do like that. So the products really are great. But you know how when you're new to people, they're like, she just want to sell her stuff. (laughs) I just want you... I just want you to get your life, your whole one. So in order for you to <laughs> yes. do that, I think Sunday yes. planning we is a great about, thing. We are about wholeness and supporting black women here. And so, yeah. And trust, guys, we wouldn't have someone on the podcast that would steer you wrong. Like we <laughs> met the people that we have on the podcast. Um, yeah, I love that. I, I love the idea of like... I used to do that in high school, like plan out my outfits for the week. And I stopped doing it as an adult. And I feel like you have convinced me I need to go back to it. Um, Yes. Because it just takes something off your your mind when you're starting your day. It does. It takes it off your mind. You already know because you did it last night on Sunday, right? And then you, you don't even have to worry about that in the morning. And I'm telling you, if I set a timer and watched you each morning how long it takes you to figure out what you're going to wear you would be like oh yeah that's a waste of time yeah I could be doing other things yeah no yeah Yeah. I'm sure I waste a lot of time (laughs) putting out (laughs) outfits on the day of um okay so as we kind of wrap it up um I wanted to ask you what right now is bringing you joy where are you finding hope these days so right now what is bringing me joy is um, I am doing a devotional called When Change Finds You. That's bringing me joy because 
just having a different understanding of what, how God really wants us to view change because change is hard. Like I'm not perfect. I don't know about y'all, but sometimes I'd be like, well, listen, Jesus, I don't really want to change right now. Can we, <laughs> can we do something else? What else can I learn? Um, so that's bringing me joy right now is um, having my perspective shifted by Christ on, on what change looks like and how to be grateful for the change and happy in the change. And where am I finding hope these days? I am finding hope in um, in friendships and in people. I am trying to stay close to my people, my friends and my family, um, because the um, outside world is, it appears to be very divided and very divisive. And so if I look too long at that, that's like staring at the sun, um, then I can lose hope. And so seeing seeing my friends find love and hope and joy, that is bringing me joy. And it is hope that all isn't lost. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Don't. Yeah, I think that's a really great word for all of us, I think, especially in the midst of still in a panorama um, yes. and all of the, yeah, the divisiveness in our country. Like, I think we need messages of joy and hope and yeah, looking for that and the people around you is really great. Um, and that's like, why I started like just saying seek joy because on Saturdays is because in this pan sausage pizza we end with this <laughs> pandemic lord um every day began to look like the previous day Ooh. and so whereas i think in our world pre-pandemic we um looked forward to saturdays and sundays it either meant brunch or it meant doing something fun and but then we were stuck and saturday looked like monday because we had church in your house you had food. You had to eat every meal in your house. Like you couldn't do anything. And so I started saying, seek joy on Saturday so that you would have a definer of what that day is. Find the joy. If you can't find it all week, maybe you work from home and that's stressful and because everybody at home and you having to teach second grade math, which is new, is new, y'all, if y'all didn't know, <laughs> it's new. Uh, and so all of that was hard. So to define Saturday, I started saying, okay, we're going to seek joy on Saturdays. That's how you're going to know it's Saturday. The calendar says it's Saturday. This is the day you seek joy. This is the day you don't think about work. You don't think about this panorama. You don't think about that. You seek joy. And so today, as you walk outside, wherever you live and the leaves are changing, maybe that's your joy. Maybe your joy is in the fact that the leaves are changing and you look at that change and you go, oh, even though I'm in a pandemic where I work from home, my church ain't open yet, these kids still here, oh Lord, they didn't let my husband work from home. <laughs> <laughs> the leaves are changing. So what do I know? Change is coming. Yeah, I love that. That's so great. Well, thank you so much, Rita. And this like I said, so yes, this was a delight. Like I said, we're going to link her website where you can find her products, where you can get her services if you're in a season where you need coaching, um, her Instagram, so you can find out all of the goodness that is Rita and get your life together and live a life to the fullest and however God has called you to live your life. Okay, guys, now it's time for your favorite segment and ours. Go off, sis. 
So for this segment, it's something we're loving in the world, something we're not loving in the world, something we want to bless and something we want to ask Jesus fix it. Um, Okay, so my bless is there's so much good music out in the world right now um, for if you're an R&B person, Summer Walker, still over it. If you're a pop person, Taylor Swift released her red version and I did not think it was possible, but she improved on the original. <laughs> um, Silk Sonic, language warning for both Silk Sonic and Summer Walker if you're someone who but you can get the clean version. I'm a clean version girl. Yeah, Beyonce released a new song and it just makes me happy. Music just does something to me. I don't know that I could live a life without music. And so that yeah. is what I'm blessing. Um, my mess. What is a mess? I, I'm i going to mess just the level of like divisiveness in our country and our inability to like listen to one another and the lack of like empathy. I think, you know, there's two kind of high profile um, trials going on related to the summer of 2020. The um, Ahmaud killers are on trial and Kyle Rittenhouse in Wisconsin. And it just, it just, you know, I feel like we were so hopeful summer of 2020 and it, there's been a big backlash. And I just feel like there's a lot of anger and a lot less listening and empathy. And so I'm going to say that's a mess. And I'm going to call for us to listen to someone who has a different perspective um, and express empathy and maybe open the space. Um, maybe it's in, in your line to get Starbucks to talk to a stranger um, and bring more joy and hope and neighborliness into the world. So those are mine. All right. Well, funny. Our second one is the same. But... I am going to bless reading a book. Okay, so I said earlier that taking your, oh, well, I had two things. Okay, anyway. You can do two. Okay, taking your time to set a timer to read. Like, y'all, get some fiction in your life. It Setting a timer to read a book has really, like, brought me so much joy, and I am just loving it loving it. And I set a timer and I read and I love it. That's one. Then because your email said in the culture, y'all, there is a black taboo game. If y'all play taboo, get that fun in your life. I I mean, it's just so fun. I'm so excited. Um, We've already played it, but I'm having Friendsgiving at my home and I cannot wait for us to play it. And I I'm having a people that look like me and people that don't look like me <laughs> at Friendsgiving, but everybody go get some of that taboo because it is funny, the things that are on that card. And then my mess is is the same as Catherine's. I think that I say a lot that it w- it's better for us to do life with people who don't look like us. Um, and I think that that is because then you don't feel so much divisiveness and anger when something doesn't match what you grew up knowing or what you learned um, through your foundational learning of teachers and parents and influential people in your life. And so I think that we have, it is my opinion that we have tons of people now who did not grow up with people who don't look like them because they are just holding on tight to what they know and what they what they feel and what they feel is right based on what they learn from their parents or influential people in their life. And my call is for people to uh, be quiet and listen. 
and to stop trying to teach because you're teaching from a place of little knowledge. And that goes for everyone because you only have knowledge of, you know, based on your what you've learned. And until you gain more knowledge, how about we just be quiet? Because we, because <laughs> we, when we talk, we're teaching from a place of our foundation and what the influential people in our life told us, not for knowledge we gain on the other side. Sometimes it's not about learning the other side to go to that side. It's just for the knowledge and understanding. I'm not trying to make you be like me because of this. I just want you to understand your whole perspective changes when you understand. And so that's my call is for people to be quiet as they truly learn and gain more knowledge. And then let's see what you want to say once you've gained knowledge. Yes, that's wonderful. Okay, guys, thank you so much for joining us again. Um, We're so happy to have you. Don't forget that we are recapping the final season of Insecure over on Patreon. If you enjoy the podcast, please rate and review us on Apple Music. Tell your friends about us and we will see you next time.